Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 648. If you'd like to have a copy of a channel, I'll tell you how at the end of the program. Let us know, however, whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got music, I've got letters, and I've got a powerful message from the Lord. One, and things that, uh, you know, your pastors have never told you because... Uh, most of them, I don't think any of them have ever been called in the supernatural way that God called me. And, you know, if you listen to my programs, you'll see I cannot tell you how I was called by the Lord on every message because it's, um, even though it happened very quickly, very powerfully, there just doesn't seem to be time uh, for that. Uh, or to explain, really, uh, you know, how all this happened, you need to get my literature and you need to go get some back messages of mine, messages that I've given in the past. Uh, Father God, we thank and praise your name for giving us an opportunity to witness and testify to people all over the world. Lord, we see that there's much fruit coming from that. And we're um, so happy that you're letting me tell the people what the real word of God says instead of this candy-coated uh, false message that the false teachers and preachers and prophets are preaching and teaching. It isn't like that, Father, is it? And uh, I just thank you for giving me the insight because I've studied the Word of God. And I've studied the books that were left out of the Bible because uh, we need to hear the whole Bible. We need to hear all the word of God. And there's so few people in the world that have heard that, that it's just sad. But if we're going to be Christians, we're going to learn the word of God. We're going to study it to be workmen approved by you. And we're going to get out there and tell people so that we need not be ashamed at the judgment bar of God, where you're going to throw people uh, back into uh, history and down into the lake of fire with the um, devil himself and all of his uh, angels, his evil angels, and all those that follow him. Lord, I pray that you anoint, that you um, rebuke Satan. Uh, Lord, close him down. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you'll open up great and mighty doors for us. Shut every door of Satan. Shut him down, Father God, and open up doors for us that souls may be saved. I pray that the people that are Christians all over the world are healed, and those that are suffering persecution, Lord, if it's for their benefit to test them, to see if they're worthy to go to heaven, because they uphold you even to death. Lord, give them strength to continue on in you, and uh, heal everyone. Uh, their spirits, their souls, and their bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, this is Porter Wagner now, and myself, uh, singing a song that Dolly Parton wrote for me. And it's called, Lord, Hold My Hand. I lose my way Hold my hand and lead 
let the path I walk be straight Let the deeds I do be kind Let me never hesitate To help my brother walking blind Hold my hand lest I lose my way My words have meaning, Lord Anything that I might speak If you see me leaning, Lord Just hold my hand and strengthen me the Lord. It just seemed like uh, yesterday when I was singing the song and Porter said, let me sing with you. <laughs> and I said, well, I'd be an honor. Come on. <laughs> he was in the mixing booth and I was uh, in the uh, isolation booth. And so he came running out there and since I don't tell, I can say this now that uh, and he's been uh, gone out to be with the Lord. He says, don't tell anybody that's, that's me singing with you until I die. He says, because um, I'm on contract and I'm not allowed to sing with anybody else. And he says, but I just can't help it. <laughs> what a man. Uh, real good person. Real good person. All right. Now, we have some letters today. Um we're going to be reading from the ninth chapter of Romans. But we have a couple of letters here that I'd like you to hear. Where's the first one from, Sharon? From Zambia, Africa. All right, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Tony Alamo, I greet you in the name of our Lord, whom we serve and honor in our daily Christian lives. I cannot express my joy over the literature I received from you. It is a spiritual blessing from God, of which I am benefiting. I treasure every article because they help me a lot towards maturity and inspire and teach me how to minister to others. The articles are a tremendous blessing and inspiration, giving me a deeper relationship with God, and I thank you fully for sending t-shirts, sweatshirts, CDs, tapes, Bibles, and literature, for they have brought an enormous change in my spiritual life since I started receiving them. The same publications get to the heart of the matter. The sinner is persuaded to rethink his or her stand. The backslidden are brought back. The discouraged are encouraged. The newborn is nourished, and the shepherds are given more reason to continue. Your labor is not in vain. The teachings in the literature are spiritually so powerful that they revive and activate a slumbering Christian. They encourage those in trouble to go forward, regardless of the pain that they experience on the way of truth. I'm hereby asking you to send some t-shirts and sweatshirts and six Bibles. Please remember to pack them in the boxes of literature because the post offices here in Zambia are too expensive. Also, please pray for me that my spiritual life will continue to grow in the love of Christ. God bless you all. 
Daniel, Pastor Daniel Mabiwi from Nadola, Zambia, Africa. All right. Now, you know, when you read the Bible, you see of all the different societies that um, the children of Israel slaughtered and the ones that um, Moses did and all the different people in the Bible uh, went in and destroyed them. Uh, these are the children of a polygamous marriage, you know. And the word polygamous or marriage has turned into an evil word. And, um, you know, the, a lot of people today, they uh, they see the people going around, you're reading the Bible and you see them going around and around uh, at Jericho for six days once. And then on the seventh day, they went around seven times. And then they shouted and it went down. This was an evil society, just like the society that we're living in today. And God's going to knock its walls down. We uh, see on television now, over in Burma, that 15,000 they've counted so far that are dead from the twister that came through there, or a hurricane with very strong winds. And it's going to happen more and more. We see that the hurricanes that went down on Arkansas and killed at least seven people that they know of and peak, uh, these different tornadoes and floods and famines all over the world. Now, the society we live in takes from people. You can see so many people now that are starving. They're losing their jobs. Uh, different plants are closing down because they can't compete with foreign plants that um, are not, they don't have any unions to make the cost of labor rise to the point to where you have to close your businesses. There's a big meat company that uh, just closed down the other day, and he's standing in the soup lines now. They used to do over 100,000 um, 100, pounds a day of cutting meat and so on. And it just, uh, you know, breaks a person's heart to see what they're doing and it's like, uh, you know, just before you see these people marching around uh, it, Jericho and they've, um, the Lord is telling them that he's going to knock the wall, walls down and kill everybody in there because they're murderers and they're filth and they're garbage. And so I thought it was quite funny where the Lord was showing me, should those people have uh, of Israel gone in there first before they destroyed them and asked for a marriage license or a license to um, walk or a license of uh, uh, to do anything for that matter. And here they are now taking babies away from their mothers and fathers and... Um, putting them in foster homes where they're going to teach them how to be part of the world. The exact opposite of what the Lord wants them to do. And ask them permission to get married. Uh, I don't ask permission for anybody. And, you know, uh, of this uh, evil society, I go and I've gotten my identification cards and things like that. But there's uh, hundreds of millions of people in the United States that don't ask this government for permission to do anything because they know it's the Antichrist government and God's going to knock its walls down very soon. Now, I told you before, because um, I'm going to tell you right now again, 
that uh, this country is going to be destroyed and all the other countries of the world are going to be destroyed because they have no, they want to hurt people instead of help them. You know, uh, and all these people that are running for president, uh, I certainly don't want to be president because there's no possible way, the way they've got uh, the government set up, that you could do the things that really need to be done. One of the things that needs to be done is there needs to be a, di uh, a year of jubilee called. Uh, every 50 years in the Bible, the Hebrews forgive every debt that they ever owed. So we have this enormous 16, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 trillion dollar debt. Well, that debt would be forgiven every 50 years. And that would free people from having to pay these enormous taxes. And then this government loves to murder people of other nations. And this is all from the Pope. Uh, and uh, so we go over there and bomb them and destroy the whole country. And then the taxpayer money is uh, taken from you to go and rebuild what they bombed. It's like a bunch of little uh, evil children that uh, build things up and then they like to destroy them and then take your money that you need so badly to support your wives and children and your relatives and your loved ones to take that money and to rebuild the places that they just destroyed. And then they say, now you have to keep these rules and regulations. You got to go get a driver's license. We, you can't go nowhere and your children belong to us. Um, no, they don't really. You know, the Lord said for us to raise our own children, uh, but he told us to raise them one way and one way only in the fear and admonition of the Lord, not in the fear and admonition of the Antichrist. But anyway, we have another letter here. Uh, what have you got, uh, Sharon? This is from Ghana, Africa. All right, what are they saying? Dear brother in Christ, greetings to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. In fact, it gives my heart a lot of happiness that I have the opportunity of writing you. Sir, the first time I received and read some of your articles was in the early 90s. However, I did not come across any again until recently when a friend passed me the article entitled The Tree. Truly, the message from this book is having a positive influence on my life as a Christian and also as a local church pastor. It has really increased my faith. In fact, it also gladdens my heart how you are reaching the people with the truth which many Christians are blinded to. I'm also, by this letter, requesting more copies of the tree and other titles you can add. Hopefully, by distributing it, others will be benefited as much as I have been. Sir, I also pray that you will provide me with a Bible in bold writing, since my sight these days cannot read small letters, preferably a King James Version. May God richly bless you for the great service you are doing for the Lord. Brother George Baidu from Ghana, Africa. All right, that's the, um, the Bible that we always send out is the King James Version. Uh, the old King James Version. We don't mess with that new one at all because uh, there's, they make the government uh, the head of us, the ungodly Antichrist government, and it's just not so. There are hundreds of bad things in those other Bibles. Okay, we're at the ninth chapter 
of the book of Romans. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I say the truth in Christ. So he's in Christ. And so he says the truth in Christ. Um, and again, I want to say that I never advocate that anybody becomes a polygamist. And uh, the way that the Latter-day Saints get away with that because they know it's not condemned by the Lord is they don't get a marriage license because that's what the government says that you're married if you have marriage licenses. But if you don't have a marriage license, you're not really married in their eyes. You're not. And um, therefore, they have no control over you in that regard so far as marriage is concerned. And so I say the truth in Christ, and I lie not. Because um, uh, Paul says that his conscience, also bearing the witness uh, in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I would never do anything or say anything that would cause me to be condemned by the Holy Spirit. And those people, when they say they're not married, they're not married to any uh, anybody, uh, they're telling the truth in Christ Jesus because they're not married in the same concept that the government says people are married. They can't prosecute them. They'll come up with a new law saying, well, are you this or are you that? But still in all, uh, you're not lying. You say, well, I can't live a lie. Well, then conform with the people of um, Agag and go in there and ask him for a marriage license when God is going to destroy him and go into the king of Jericho and ask for all kinds of licenses just before the city is destroyed. Don't you know that the Lord has got us, we Christians, uh, namely myself primarily, to tell you folks uh, that, uh, you know, God has his government and the secular world has their government. And I lie not. Uh, you know, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness um, in the Holy Spirit. And he says, he goes on, that I have great heaviness and um, continual sorrow in my heart. Well, what for? Verse 3, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Well, what does that mean? What it means, and hardly anybody is that deep to know what that means. Do you know what that means out there? That the Lord would, uh, that uh, the Apostle Paul, he would like to be a curse from Christ for his brethren? Does anybody in this room know what that means? Hmm? No. No. Well, Christ became a curse for us. Uh, because he loved us, uh, he wanted us to have an opportunity to be saved and go to heaven. And that's all that Paul is saying here 
he says, for I could wish, I could wish that myself were accursed. In other words, I'll go through any kind of fire to make the people of the, uh, the Hebrews know about Christ. I would be accursed from Christ. In other words, from Christ's blessings, from Christ's protection. Uh, I have become um, like Christ. Uh, I would, he was a curse from his father. For the, and then Paul is saying, not just for all the people in the world, but for my brethren, the Jews, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, the flesh of Israel. Verse 4, who are Israelites, to whom uh, pertaineth the adoption. What does that mean? They've been adopted if they, uh, he wants them to be adopted into the, uh, into the body of Christ by faith. And the glory and the uh, covenants. To, I want them to receive all the covenants that we do in Christ. And the giving of the law. Because the law is still intact. And because of the fact that we have Christ living in us, we are able to keep the moral law and the accelerated law of the law of life in Christ Jesus. And which Paul talked about in the previous chapter in verse uh, chapter 8, where he said, There's no condemnation to those that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, and so he wants them to, um, uh, who are Israelites, to whom uh, pertaineth the adoption. And so the I Israelites are those that believe God. And the glory that they've been resurrected from the dead, he wants them to be. But the Lord put a veil over the Jewish people's eyes for 2,000 years to where they just wouldn't believe. And many of them today don't. Uh, but there's far more Gentiles that don't believe than there are Jews that don't believe. And, and they're um, murdering people that have Christ with the Father by the Spirit in them. And the covenants, he wishes that they have all the promises and uh you know the uh, and the g giving of the law and the service of god and the promises verse 5 whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the uh, flesh christ turn the page here came who is is over everything well is christ over this one world government yes he is because he's only letting them live for a little while he's going to destroy all you people that are members of the beast the cult the world's 
worst and most dangerous cult. God bless it forever. Amen. Now, verse 6. Not as though the word of God has taken uh, no effect. For they are not all Israel. And that's what I'm worried about. I want all Israel to be saved. But they're not all Israel. Um, which are of Israel. Verse 7, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children of Abraham because they don't have faith. Abraham had faith and not all Jewish people and for sure very many Gentiles have not faith because they've fallen away from the Lord and they become subservient to Satan. Okay, but in Isaac, the son of faith, shall thy seed be called. Verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. You have to have faith. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, and not the spirit. You have to be children of the spirit. That is, they which are the children of the flesh are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. What God promises uh, that you become the seed, members of the seed, when you accept Christ. If you don't accept Christ, you don't have any promise of the commonwealth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the commonwealth of heaven. Because we are a nation within these evil societies here on earth, and we um, uh, don't get involved in secular government. Well, you should, they say, because, you know, you can protect yourself. Well, uh, we don't mind if people want to elect us into office, but we're not going to be popular there because we're going to uh, rule everything is according to what the Lord says. Verse 9, for this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. Well, she couldn't have a son. In the natural, in the flesh, she cannot have a son because she's too old to have a child. Way too old. Whoever heard of a 90-year woman or older uh, conceiving and bearing a child? It just don't happen. Verse 10. And not only this, but when Rebecca the little 10-year-old that got married to the 40-year-old, when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. Verse 11, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good 
or evil that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works but of him that calleth but in of faith in him that calleth it's faith Abraham was faithful verse 12 yeah it was said unto her the elder shall serve the younger because there were two nations in her um, in her body one was Esau the other one was Jacob who later was called Israel verse 13 and Israel had four wives and the names of the children of those four wives are written over the gates in heaven now if you're going to say that heaven is sinful and that um, Israel uh, is sinful, I beg uh, your pardon. I beg for you to uh, ask pardon. And verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, and I called his name Israel, and he's a polygamist, four wives, but Esau have I hated. Now this is the real word of God. I lie not. I'm not, um, you know, I can't put faith in your heart. But those that have faith are saved and those that uh, doubt are doomed. Doubters are damned. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God God gave 199 wives to David is there unrighteousness about that are you going to call God sinful you sinful lice what shall we say then question mark is there unrighteousness with God for letting Rebecca be buried at 10 and being married to someone 30 years older than her? You God, you're saying God is unrighteous. The society says that God is unrighteous and that Satan is righteous. You filth. Should we say that God is unrighteous? Uh, is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Verse 15, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And that's, I'll have mercy on those that have mercy. I'll have mercy on those that love my word and don't call it evil. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion, whether you like it or not. And those of you people, presidents, kings, and uh, you filthy people, all the filthy people of the world, those of you that are sending our troops to murder people, innocent people, you're going to have your day in court, and it's coming soon. So the Lord will not have compassion on you, He'll have compassion on who he says he'll have compassion on. And compassion belongs to those that are merciful, that love God and keep his word, that love his word and believe his word. Verse 16, so then 
it is not of him that will uh, willeth, nor of him that runneth, because you have your own will, and that's not of the Lord, nor it is of him that runneth. You're running crazy on the earth, you weasels. So then it is not of him that willeth, or of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy on those that sow mercy. Verse 17, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up that I might show my power I rose you up, Pharaoh, and all you evil people of this world to show my power unto you because you're having a ball right now. Oh, you're having, you're like gloating because you do whatever you want to do. You're running the way you want to and you're doing your own will. But I raise up people like you, like Pharaoh and others, that I might show my power in thee when I slaughter you and take away everything that you have, and that my name might be declared through all the earth. Whoa, well, how is God's name declared throughout the entire earth? It's declared by those of us that God has put fear in. Would I serve God if I didn't fear him? No. Some people say, well, I love God, and so I serve him because I love him. But you don't love him because you don't serve him. And you don't serve him because you don't fear him. That's one of the biggest duties in the world is to, that is it, just to fear God. And what's the other duty? To keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man, to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, verse 18, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, because he's the one that says, if you're merciful uh, by keeping my commandments, you're going to show people that you give glory to me, and therefore I'll give mercy to you. Therefore hath he uh, mercy on whom he will have mercy, not who you think should get mercy, but who he says is going to get mercy. And whom he will, he hardeneth. Because if you harden your heart against God, you don't want to receive his word. You don't want to serve him. All you want to do is play basketball, football, baseball. You want to get in the garment industry. You want to do all kinds of things that uh, don't help the house of God. I was in the garment industry and the Lord took me out. He took me out of there because he's merciful to me. Because he knows if I stayed in there, I'd have to uh, uh, keep, uh, that keeps you busy. And the Lord told me, don't get involved in any big business. Verse 19, thou wilt say then unto me, why does he yet find fault? Why did he find fault in Pharaoh? He's uh, beating the tar out of all these, uh, of God's chosen people. And he's making uh, them kill 
the uh, little boys, all people, there was a decree made by him that all boys must be killed because there were too many of them and Pharaoh was getting frightened that this nation might become so powerful that they'll just take over. Uh, so you carnal people will say, then why thou wilt say then unto me, why, why does he yet find fault? Well, anyone that's born again of the Spirit can see easily why he finds fault with Pharaoh and this wicked government, this wicked society that we're living in. For who hath, uh, who hath resisted his will? Hmm? That answers the question right there. Nay, but, O man, who art thou with your judgment? that you reply against God. Who are you to say what the legal age of marriage is, or if God gave uh, different uh, people of the Lord many wives? Uh, I don't say that people should have many wives, because to me, uh, you're not going to wind up uh, loving them anyway, because most of them are evil. Uh, any woman that doesn't comply with the word of God is evil. And these women today, the government has made them to believe that if they uh, commit adultery, that's fine. And if the husband knocks the snot out of them, and that while the man is sleeping, the woman creeps up on him with a gun and blows his brains out, well, that's fine because she was abused. And you hear him on TV saying, well, I only committed adultery on him three times or one time. How many times do you have to commit adultery before you become a go to hell? Once, the Bible says, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed, God formed you out of the dirt of the ground, say to him uh, that formed it, why hast thou made me this way, the way that I am? See, that's wickedness, and God will harden people like that because they are so used to being involved in what they call a dictatorship. It's a dictatorship, but they call it democracy. They let everybody believe that they have part in what's going on today, but they don't. Satan's government has kicked them out on the streets. They can't afford their wives and their children to support them. They're committing suicide because they don't know which way is up any longer because they don't listen to ministers. They don't believe that there's any hope any longer. Well, there isn't any hope in the flesh and in the world. There's only hope in Christ Jesus. In other words, what knowest thou? Why hast thou made me thus? Verse 21, Hath not the potter... The, the man in the sky, the heavenly father is the potter. Hath not the, uh, the potter power over the clay? Yes. If I was the potter, I would pinch your tiny little weasel heads. But, of course, I have to go along with what the Lord says, too. Otherwise, I'll wind up in the same hell in the lake of fire that you're going to. Verse 21, hath not the potter, God Almighty, power over the clay 
of the same lump to make one vessel beautiful and handsome and the other one's ugly like you what it really says is um, has not God the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor yeah, I raised up Pharaoh because I know that he's got a bad heart and there he doesn't care anything. There's no mercy in verse 22. But if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, uh, endured with much long suffering, the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. So what this verse is saying is that, sure, he's letting Clinton uh, hire people to assassinate me. Uh, but then on the other hand, he raises up people to blow the whistle on him. And he's letting Bush and Clinton. Clinton bombed over 50 different countries. Little men, women, and children. God's people. And people that God wanted to be witness to instead of destroyed. But if God willing to show his wrath waits a while and to make his power known, uh, wait a while and to endure with much long suffering. Don't you know that God's wrath is just filling up just like a glass or a mug that you fill up with water or some liquid? He's letting it build up. With long suffering, the vessels of wrath. He said he's going to burn every one of you up. It just because it hasn't happened yet. And now he's going to whip some diseases on you, like a bad heart, where you have to go in and get some heart surgery done on you, and have defibrillators put in your chest, and all sorts of other things because you don't like to be reproved. You're like Pharaoh. You're told many times to lay off. Let my people go, and you just keep cranking it up. And while you're doing that, the wrath of God is building up in his cup. So he is, uh, you know, with long-suffering. He knows that you're not going to be around that long. The uh, vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. He's going to destroy you. This is what the scriptures are saying. And those of you that like to persecute and to make it look like God's word is evil and Satan's word is true, and we're going to check you out, you people of the Lord. Uh, look, at we're a different nation. We don't have anything to do with you. I personally don't want anything to do uh, with the beast government. Uh, because that's the real, God makes it uh, sure that that's the separation between church or this, the spiritual kingdom and the secular, the fleshy, the carnal, the satanic uh, society. We uh, don't really want anything to do with you. We're in the society to uh, try to lead you to the Lord, and you certainly are resisting. But God will resist you. Verse 23. 
and that he, God, might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Because we have mercy. We're not going to murder, kill people. No matter what, no matter how evil they are, because the Apostle Paul was extremely evil, and the Christians never set out to kill him, but they just let God handle it. And finally, God had enough of it, and he appeared to him with a bright light on the road to Damascus, and Paul fell off of his pony onto the ground, and the Lord said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Don't you know it's hard to kick against somebody as sharp as I am? He says, Who art thou, Lord? He knew he was, or he wouldn't have called him Lord. He, he said, I am Jesus, who thou persecutest. Well, was he persecuting Jesus? Well, see, all these born-again Christians that were willing to die had Jesus living in them. And so Jesus didn't say, you're persecuting my people. He says, you're persecuting me. I'm in every one of those vessels that you're holding the coat for. And you're taking part in to put them to death. Now, you go, you're going to go do uh, things that I'm telling you, you're going to go sow mercy so so that I can, um, uh, that I might make known the riches of my glory on the vessels of mercy. So if you want to me to show the riches of glory on you, then you're going to get busy sowing mercy. You're not going to be a lackey that hangs around the church and just think that you're sponging off the Lord because God is watching you, lazy sluggards. And you're going to get out of the street and hustle uh, some mercy to people. You're going to sow mercy so that you can get some mercy back. With um, which he had be uh, a four prepared unto glory. So the Lord has prepared you to know the truth because I'm preaching it to you. And verse 24 says, Even us whom he hath called. Well, would you call that God calling um, the Apostle Paul when he was on the road to Damascus? I would uh, think that that was a call on Paul's life. Amen? Mm -hmm. And he realized that he had sowed the exact opposite of mercy he sowed wickedness on people so even us he's talking about him um self this is paul talking even us i include myself with vessels of mercy because i'm sowing mercy now more than anybody else i wrote two-thirds of the whole new testament i never sat around an idol because i sowed so much wickedness in this world but now I feel like I have to really cook. I really have to get out there and cook. Even us, Paul said, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Verse 25, as he saith also in Othi, I will call them my people 
which were not my people. In other words, he came to uh, save sinners. Sinners are not his people, but he says, I'll call them my people, which were not my people, if they repent and start sowing mercy, start winning souls. Not just going to church and read the Bible and sing some songs and clap your hands and raise your hands and say praise the Lord and give a few bucks to the church. But those that sow mercy that convince the gainsayers, the gainsayers to go uh, to uh, get saved. Oh, as uh, he saith also in Osi, I will call them my people. You're my people, which were not my people at one time, because you were sinners, evil, and her beloved, which was not beloved. Ah, those that loved rather than and that were not loved. Verse twenty six. And it shall come to pass that in the, the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God. Do you want to know something, folks? God is still living and he's going to live forevermore. And you will too if you accept him. Verse 27, Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel. Uh, though um, the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, in other words, you can't count the sand of the sea and you can't count them, a remnant shall be saved. Verse 28, for he will finish the work he, that he intended. He intended to have a people that will rule this world and will be the rulers of the kingdom of heaven under him. Verse 28, For he will finish the work that he intended in the first place. Just because of two miserable people, um, like Eve and Adam, decided not to do it. He said that didn't stop what his intentions were, for the, he will finish what he started. He will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. So the Lord is looking at the people that are righteous and he's going to cut his work short here in these last days because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. It's just over with, folks. Now, God is going to, you've had fun, now God's going to have fun. You tore apart his law and mocked him and scoffed him, now he's going to mock and scoff you. He says, you're going to cry unto me, you people that don't repent, and I'm not going to hear you. He says, and then a place, right in the first chapter probably, says, you'll call and I'll laugh at you. And I'll mock you. <laughs> Have my fun now. Okay. 15,000 over in Burma I just killed, and there's thousands more that are missing. Those people didn't believe what I said, and they've been told many times. Verse 29. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth 
had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. Okay, my son was asking me yesterday, what does that mean, Sabaoth? Well, he's the Lord of the Sabbath, um, but he's uh, the Lord of everything, the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of uh, uh, the every uh, the moon. He's the Lord of the sun. He's the Lord of the galaxy. He's the Lord of all flesh. So Sabaoth is the Lord of hosts or the Lord of the Sabbath also. He didn't make man for the Sabbath, but he made the Sabbath for man to rest from their labors, the things that they're doing. I see my time is up. I just love to keep going on this, and I intend to continue on because the Lord told me to continue this way. And the book of Romans, and that's what I'm going to do. So it's time to pray, folks, so let's do that, all right? You want to be part of uh, the team of people here on earth that are uh, sowing mercy? Well, then say this prayer. You want to do that so that you can receive mercy at the judgment bar? Then say this prayer to the Lord. My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe uh, that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open up my heart. I open up the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. I invite you into my heart, Holy Father. I invite you into my heart, Holy Spirit. Wash all my filthy former sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I called upon you, Lord. Therefore, I know you've heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now just raise your hands up and praise the Lord and thank and give all the glory to God, to Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Okay, now... Um, Share and tell everyone in our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 648. 648. It's free, including postage and handling. Just remember to tell us whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Okay, Sharon? Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479 782 7370. That's 479 782 7370. Or fax to area code 479 782 7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying, uh, Tune in tomorrow for another powerful message and for newsletters and some good singing. Uh, right now, here I am to sing for you. Uh, my God is real. Something I may not know. There are some places I can't go. 
but I am sure of this one thing that God is real for I can feel him deep within my God is real real in my soul my God is real for he has washed and made me whole his love for me is like your My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Some folks may doubt, some folks may scorn, all can desert and leave me alone. But as for me, I'll take God's part. For God is real and I can feel Him in my heart My God is real, real in my soul My God is real, for He has washed and made me whole His love for me is like your gold My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul.